0: Episode 22. Hi, this is Dr. Ivan Meisner, founder of BNI. And if you want to learn how to
1: network effectively, you should be listening to Build Your Network with my good friend,
0: If you enjoy the show, then please, please open up iTunes, hit that subscribe button, and if you think we deserve it, tap on the reviews tab, select write a review, and leave us a five-star rating with a review that includes where you're from and one aspect of the show you love the most. Then go ahead and screenshot that review and send it on over to travis at buildyournetwork.co along with your name, that's travis at buildyournetwork.co, and I'll give you a shout out by name in a future episode and you'll be entered into a contest for $250 cash. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Chris Gillibo. Chris is the New York Times best-selling author of The $100 Startup, The Art of Nonconformity, and several other books. During a lifetime of self-employment, he visited every country in the world, 193 in total, before his 35th birthday. Every summer in Portland, Oregon, he hosts the World Domination Summit, a gathering of creative, remarkable people. His daily podcast, Side Hustle School, is downloaded more than 2 million times a month. Month. Chris, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. Really excited to have you. Why don't you go ahead and expound on that intro a little bit and then tell us more about yourself?
1: Dude, thank you so much for having me. It is a big honor. Um, I mean, you said a lot and that was great. Don't necessarily need to talk about myself too much, but I would just say I, I'm really fortunate to uh, connect with and serve an amazing community of people all over the world 10 years ago now. It's almost been a decade. Uh, I came back from living overseas in West Africa for about four years and started all of this kind of stuff that we've been talking about. So started a blog called the art of nonconformity, began that quest to go visit every country in the world and everything kind of followed from there. So the, the book writing stuff, uh, hosting WDS, putting that together, um, and now, you know, entering the world of, of podcasting. So I feel like, um, you know,
0: I got a good life. (laughs) Yeah, net crazy. 193 countries. How exactly did that come about? Was that something that you like, were you traveling a lot? And then you're like, hey, it'd be cool if I just hit all the countries. Or was it something at the very beginning? You're like, I really want to hit all the countries in the world. And you came up with a game plan and Uh. started executing.
1: Yeah, great question. Definitely the first one. Definitely. Like I had been traveling. I loved to travel. And like the more I did it, the more I enjoyed it. Uh, I loved kind of challenging situations. And I was always a list maker. Like I worked on my list of things to do and list of ideas and, you know, crazy stuff. And so I had a list of my countries that I had been to. And that's eventually what led to going to every country. So I think that's important because some people, some people think like you're supposed to have this huge vision, like right from the beginning. And I definitely didn't, you know, like you, the more you pursue something that's adventurous and meaningful, the bigger your vision becomes. And that's what I've seen like over and over with the country stuff, like with what I'm doing in terms of community building and writing books, like I didn't have the confidence to do big things until I did small things. And so you just start doing things and see what happens.
0: Traveling to 193 countries, I'm sure you used several, several travel tips and hacks and stuff like that. Can you share with us one travel hack that you would highly recommend using?
1: Yeah. So here's a philosophical hack because I, I used, to, uh, used to be very, very frugal and I'm still kind of conservative with my finances, but I used to be kind of frugal to a fault. What I mean in that is like there could be like something that would be a small amount of money and I wouldn't want to spend it. Like it, it would be something that would make my life measurably better, you know, but I would be like, I'm not going to pay $15 for a taxi. I'm going to wait in the rain for an hour and with my bags, you know, and get lost, you know, at midnight on the way to the place, because, you know, I'll show them, you know, or like the, the cheese sandwich in the airport costs, you know, $9. Like that's ridiculous. I'm just going to go hungry and like, you know, that'll prove them wrong. So obviously I was just kind of hurting myself doing that. So I kind of set this $10 rule basically. And I kind of, I think I may have bumped it up a little bit to like 15 or 20 now, but the, the rule was like when I'm traveling, You know, if there's something that can improve my life, basically, and it costs $10 or less, I'm not going to think too much about it, right? I'm just going to, like, do it, you know? So, I was still able to, you know, go to every country in the world being pretty frugal. I used uh, lots of different travel hacking, credit cards, you know, frequent flyer miles. Um, The first 100 countries cost about $30,000, which... You know, thirty thousand is not cheap, but to go to a hundred countries, you know, over like five years, like that was a pretty good investment. I thought, no, no kidding. Um, yeah. But being able, but being able to like invest in yourself, I think, and buy the cheese sandwich is a good, a good call.
0: This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match, and match with. Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Um, so at this point, you're traveling, you're blogging, all that kind of stuff. You get back from doing all this stuff. Is that when you really decided to sit down and start the podcast or how did the podcast come about?
1: Yeah, podcast came about because, well, I don't know, man, like three years ago, if you had asked me, like, say I'm a terrible futurist, because if you had asked me like three years ago, like, what do you think about podcasts? I'd be like, well, you know, I've done a bunch of podcast interviews, but I really feel like it's kind of a niche thing and like, it's going to go away, you know, so obviously, like, I was totally wrong. Maybe last year, last year, I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on this concept of side hustles. Uh, I've been writing about it for 8 years but I'm really going to go all in with it. I'm going to do my next book about it. I'm going to do a big tour, but I feel like I need something more. And so that's when I started thinking about okay, I'm going to do like an, a daily show. I want to do like a daily show, you know, every single day, 7 days a week no breaks. I w- I need my own little format. And so I had to come up with something different because, you know, everybody in the world has been doing a podcast, you know, as you know, and so I had to find some way to stand out. And so that's why I did that. I like, I like the challenge of it. I like doing it short format. It's every episode is 10 minutes or less every day. I'm telling a story of somebody who starts a side hustle without quitting their day job and what happened along the way and like how they got the idea and how much money they made and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, that was, that was kind of the impetus for it. And I have to say, like for anybody who's listening, it really is like I've been doing stuff for a while, like I've been like I wasn't unknown or whatever. But the podcast really has kind of taken my little world to a whole other level. So I was surprised to see like how many folks out there just really respond to this kind of content. And I I assume you've probably seen that as well, Travis.
0: Definitely, definitely. And 2 million downloads a month is not a small number. How did you ramp up to that? Was there any like specific strategy that you used?
1: it's pretty much my cat every day, like just kind of pressing the download button, like with her paw. You know, I kind of rigged up this thing where if she presses the download button, like every hundred times she gets a treat, essentially. <laughs> so she's kind of motivated, like she sleeps half the day and the rest of the day, she's just downloading cycles school pretty Slave much like non-stop. That. Slave cats. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, I man, she gets, she gets paid. I mean, she gets paid, <laughs> paid essentially. Yeah. <laughs> um. So there was that strategy. And then there was also probably like, see, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a terrible marketer. I don't really like have like, marketing strategy or tactics. Like, I guess my, my strategy was to come up with something that was original and a little different. And, uh, you know, to kind of really invest in that messaging and to really like, I spent six months basically last July to December, let's say like three or four months, like pretty intensive, like thinking about the show and working on the show and drafting scripts and trying different formats and like lining up my first 30 episodes and, and all that. And when I was doing all that, I didn't talk about it at all. So it was like the opposite of what you hear about, like the pre-launch stuff. You got to like hype people up and like, you know, anticipation. I just, I kept it completely quiet. And it was just like, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to build something that I think has quality And uh, then we're going to put it out. So it's not like I'm afraid to talk about my stuff. It's not like I don't believe in marketing. But I guess for me, for this project, it really was like, let me make sure I really get the targeting right. Like I know who I'm trying to talk to. I'm not necessarily trying to talk to entrepreneurs with this show. I'm trying to talk to people who have like regular jobs and are busy and like they don't necessarily want to quit their job and become a quote unquote entrepreneur, but they, they want more income. They want a, they want a second source of, of income coming in that's not coming from their paycheck. And I think I know how to do that for people. So I think it was thinking about it, being intentional and really working hard on it. That was my marketing strategy.
0: And what's been the most surprising um plus or, or pro that's come from the podcast, something that you weren't really expecting, but has really, really mm-hmm. surprised you?
1: It really does go back to that um, discoverability thing and just reaching new folks that uh, that I hadn't hadn't reached or been in contact with at all in, in seven years of, of blogging and speaking and doing lots of other formats. Um, I started hosting these workshops earlier this year. And it was really fascinating because there would be people coming to these workshops, and they had never heard of me until like, Uh, you know, a month before with the show or something. And I thought that was great. It's not like I'm, you know, trying to be famous or whatever. And I don't mean to suggest that most people have heard of me, but normally if I do a meetup or an event, like people have been following me for years or whatever. And so it was really great, really great to actually see a mix of people, you know, who had been with me for a while, but then also folks who just discovered me through the show. And, and now it's almost like, Maybe also I was like searching for a new identity, like this is a little bit deeper, but I had been that guy who went to every country in the world and that was great, but I don't want to live off that. You know, I want something, you always want to be thinking about what's next. And so I've done, done some other stuff, but I think this since, since I've completed that quest, this is probably then the most significant thing that it's like, oh, this is the guy who produces that, you know, side school daily podcast. He's going to a hundred cities, you know, he has the new books. That's kind of helped me a lot.
0: Did podcasting kind of help you get out to meet more people, um, as far as mm. versus blogging?
1: Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I don't know about that because, like, I have been in contact with lots of people. Like, I am, I am first and foremost an author. Like, even though I love the podcasting medium, as we've been saying, like, you know, for me, writing books is probably the most important thing that that I do. And so, I've been in contact with lots of other authors for a long time. Um, and then through the events that, that I produced. so I don't know if I got to meet a lot of other people, but it's just more about like a different group of people. Different and sphere. Yeah. To general expansion. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, this is the build your network podcast. We talk about mm. trying to help people grow their inner circles and, and get out and meet more people professionally and, and, um, build more relationships and do it the right way. Um, so I'm really interested to hear your answer to this question, Chris, because it's something I ask every guest that comes on the show. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why?
1: Mm, what I know or who I know. That's great. Um, I mean, it's probably some combination, right. But I guess ultimately, ultimately I would say like, if I look back on my new career of the past 10 years of doing this kind of public work, it's, you know, hopefully I've done something of value. Like not all of it has value, but hopefully some of it, you know, some small percentage like remains over time and everything else kind of goes away, but hopefully there's something there. But I also know like in terms of, of it going out around the world and impacting people's lives. Like that doesn't, that doesn't happen randomly. It happens through people sharing. It happens through people like believing in something and passing it on. And all of my work, you know, has always, you know, succeeded or failed based on whether people share it and whether it's worth sharing. And so I I don't take, take that for granted. Like I know that, uh, the community essentially is what enables this to, to exist. Um, so, you know, probably there's some part of it that's, that's what I know and what I do, but I'm very well aware that a huge part of it's also the, the people that I know.
0: Throughout your career, ha- has there ever been a time where you've spent money on uh, one-on-one mentorship with somebody or a group mastermind setting or anything like that?
1: I have not, and I might have a different take on this than some of your guests. So not to criticize them in any way, because like, people got to figure out what works for them. Uh, I'm sure that's a that's a that's a model that's good for lots of people. Um, a big part of, of my philosophy, like with art of nonconformity, is like you don't have to live you don't have to live your life the way others expect. And I'm trying to encourage people to think independently and to ask why and to kind of kind of look to themselves for some answers. That doesn't mean you can't learn from other people. That doesn't mean like, I mean, my life has been informed by lots of other people. Um, But I guess, you know, I I guess for a lot of people, I think they're kind of spinning their wheels and they're kind of just stuck in in indecisiveness And maybe they want somebody to tell them what to do when they already actually know what they need to do. They just need to kind of do it. So people are in different places. So if that speaks to someone, that's great. But obviously, if someone else finds value in the other stuff, that's great too. Mm.
0: And tell us about a time in your life specifically, Chris, when a connection led you to a moment of success.
1: Mm. Yeah, um, I feel like you know every week I have those different connections in different ways. Um, you know, I feel like this this conversation is is great because I'm gonna get to know some other folks, and hopefully, you know, maybe one thing I say out of out of the twenty minutes is helpful to some of the people who listen. Um, just off the top of my head. So we're talking about podcasting. Like I started the podcast on January 1. Uh, Gretchen Rubin is a good friend of mine. She's also an author. She has a book out called The Four Tendencies. And she, uh, I've been friends with her for years, but last year I was thinking about doing this podcast and I was going to just do it on my own. But she approached me and said, like, I'm doing this project called The Onward Project with Panoply, which is a podcast network. Would you like to be part of it? And that kind of led me to lots of conversations with them. I know nothing about the technical side of audio production. I didn't really want to learn about it. I know that's not my strength or my skill set. So it was really great to actually kind of link up with them and they take care of all that stuff. Like we have an advertising model. They take care of all that. And it's just a great partnership. I think if I was doing it on my own, like it'd be far less successful.
0: So I'm really glad that that, uh, she asked me to do that. With it being so important, with with who you know being such a crucial aspect of your professional life, why do you think, Chris, that so many people fail at at doing it, at getting out and building their network?
1: Mm, I think people are, are afraid or intimidated or scared. I mean, I certainly I certainly was and still am in some ways. Uh, I'm, I'm a tremendous introvert and I'd like to spend most of my time by myself. And so I think like, you know, the idea of going to traditional networking events or the, the idea of networking, you know, obviously that's, it's a concept that people have some, uh, you know, trepidation over. Right. And so I think, um, you know, for me, what, what helped a great deal in kind of like overcoming that, or maybe just reframing that is a better word is just realizing that, you know, there are lots of people out there who are potentially interested in, in what I, what I have to offer or say or do. And, it's just a question of finding those right people. So it's not necessarily about being a door-to-door salesman, you know, and like trying to talk to every person at everything or whatever, but, but understanding like, you know, there, there are the right people out there. And so for me, when I started doing meetups, like not to get too off, off track here, but when I started doing meetups the first year of my blog, that changed a lot of stuff for me too, because... I got. I would go from just like writing these posts and there's a screen and it's all virtual and that's fine. But then I would do a meetup in Portland, Oregon or New York or wherever I was, people would come out and then all of a sudden I'd have this link between what I was doing and then how people were kind of receiving it or responding or interacting with it. And it, it made me think differently about everything I made after that.
0: One thing that I have really noticed a lot, and I'm sure that you have too, Chris, is that uh, most people, when they do try to network or connect with others or build relationships, they do it in a really, like you were saying, mm. like door-to-door salesy kind of way. Mm. And uh, and I, I'm a door-to-door salesman at heart, so so I'm not <laughs> I'm not bashing that at all. But That's I'm great. but at it at you have to it, it's got to have its place, you know. And so um, when you're at some of these events, you have these people just come up and throw a thousand business cards in your face, and then run over to the next person, and do the same thing. Um, I, I'm sure you've experienced that times a thousand. At all different events and stuff that you've been a part of, what is a really practical way that we can avoid being that person when we're at one of those events? What's a way that we can try to give more value to people than we ask of them?
1: I mean, a practical way would be to ask questions. A practical way would be to ask questions of another person. It would be show interest in what they're doing. You know, oh, you have a podcast, like Travis. Why did you start your podcast? What was your goal with that? Like, who influenced you in that? Like, what's the what's what have you learned through that? And by doing that, I feel like it's uh, it's not like a psychological trick. Like, you're genuinely interested in that. I feel like you can learn through that, but you're also kind of showing respect and and homage and like you know i'm not just here to get something from you and i feel like that that's actually that actually builds a real relationship and and over time like if you have real relationships there's nothing wrong with asking for help and that's and i ask for help and i'm, I'm not offended when people ask me for for help but as you said like there's a right way to do it
0: and a wrong way to do it and I, I love having introverts on the show a lot, Chris, because it shows, it shows people out there that you don't have to be, you know, the guy in the group that everybody always looks at. Cause he's always talking to, to be, to have, to have a good inner circle. Cause you're an extremely well-connected individual. And for you to come on and be like, I'm, I'm definitely an introvert. I'd rather be by myself most of the time yep. so for any introverts sitting out there listening to this, what would be a, a, a piece of advice that you have for them?
1: Well, so for introverts who are self-aware, you probably understand that, you know, it doesn't mean you don't have social skills or you can't acquire those skills or you can't present in a different way. It just means that essentially like you, you derive your energy or you recharge, you know, by being by yourself versus by being by others. So I think you just kind of aware of that, um, you know, for for me, so I'll give you two things like one for me, like I travel a lot of doing these big book tours, have a great community pretty much everywhere I go. Someone's like, dude, you want to come and like crash on my couch? And like, I don't do that because I like I need some space in my time some time to myself. So I always have like I go and do the event and I'll be like 100% in for that. But then I need to like retreat and be by myself. So you know maybe you're not doing a book tour or whatever, but there's a similar situation. Like make sure you plan the time for yourself and then like your time that you're gonna you know be on or whatever. And then the second thing, which is probably more you know broadly applicable. Just understand that um, as you begin to enter this world, whatever world it is where you're trying to build your network, you know, like Travis talks about, you understand that a lot of people are going to be for you. Like, there's not a lot of people that are against you. Like, as you kind of go into this, there might be some people who don't care, but, you know, there's also going to be people who are like actually, you know, inclined to support you, inclined to get behind your vision. So, again, for me, when I started doing those meetups, that was key for that as well because I was nervous about that. But then I saw like, oh, these all, all these awesome people are here. They actually are invested in this you know, this This is actually really positive. So I began to look forward to it as opposed to kind of dreading it or being worried about it.
0: Play to your strengths. I love that you brought that up because... Um, I, I feel like as as I'm I'm kind of a situational extrovert, so I find that most of the time I would rather be by myself. But if, if I'm in a situation where you're supposed to be extroverted, I can make myself get out and go talk to people. Um, and uh, so what I've realized about myself recently is I've been at a couple big conferences where there's you know a thousand or two thousand people, and everybody's out talking to themselves, and I'm just walking around, and I, I would rather just sit on the couch by myself and get on my phone and catch up on things. I I, I don't, don't want to go out and talk to people and interesting. Well, it sounds to me like you
1: actually are an introvert then, but that, that sounds like a description of an introvert because what you describe as like being able to, to, you know, talk to people or to do it, that, that, that's a social skill. You know, that's something you can learn, but, it, but, you know, introvert extrovert, that's a kind of an ingrained personality trait. It doesn't really change over time. So your preference, you know, is to do that. But anyway, go ahead.
0: More introverted. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. so I, I like that you said that because that, that's, a, that's who I am. I'm not, I'm not the guy that to go out and which is really ironic that I run a podcast on networking. And- Sure, that It's sure. not, that's not something that comes supernaturally to me or whatever. That's why it's interesting. That's why it's valuable. I think But are going right, right, right. And that, and that's what I, that's what I loved about what you just said, because I feel like sometimes we feel that we have to go do those things and don't get me wrong. Sometimes doing things outside of your comfort zone is, is fantastic because that's where a lot of the best things in life happen is when you're outside of your comfort zone. It's good to, to do that sometimes, but also play to your strengths. If you're an introvert, um, if you're that kind of a person, just realize that and maybe spend more money on closed mastermind rather than than a giant, a conference of 2,500 people. Maybe go to an event that has 20 people or 10 people or 15 people where you can sit down to t- with two or three others and get to know them throughout the conference. Because that to me feels way more natural than going up to like 50, 75, 100 people at an event and talking to them for five minutes and moving on like speed dating, <laughs> you know, like that. Yeah. Like that to me, like, so, so I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because I think that that's really important that you need to play to your strengths. So get out of your comfort zone and experience other things, but ultimately play to what, um, to what you're, naturally, naturally good at. So Chris, so much great stuff on networking. We're going to switch gears and head into something I like to call the random round, which is basically just a few really quick random questions with a few really quick random answers. You ready? Yeah. This is the random round. What profession other than your own, do you think it would be fun to attempt? I would like to be,
1: um, and this is obviously hypothetical, but I would like to be the, the art museum thief. You know, you watch those, those movies of like the guy that like, you know, goes and steals like the the Monet painting or something. I think
0: that's really fun. Like I'm not trying to steal the, I just, (laughs) just, the idea of it, I like the process of it, I think it'd be really fun. (laughs) I told my wife that I was like, I think in another life I would have made a really awesome white collar criminal. (laughs) Yeah. There you
1: go. Right. Right.
0: if you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why?
1: yeah um I mean, it could be lots of people. I was just thinking about that question. And I was like, at the moment, I'm thinking of uh, President Obama actually, and I'm not a super political person. i'm not i I'm, I'm an independent, but I really did like him, and I liked uh, a lot of the leadership he had and also like just knowledge of foreign policy. And so just be curious to to ask him about different situations in the world, not just domestic issues but various foreign foreign policy stuff.
0: How do you like to learn best books, blogs, or podcasts? I learn mostly through
1: Books. Uh, I mean, I try to learn kind of, you know, wide ranging, you know, variety, et cetera. But I say like, I guess traditionally, if I go back, like I am a big reader and like books always kind of change my life. So that's my go-to answer. And tell me one of your favorites. Um, let's see. New book out. It's called Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards. I think it's really good. It's, it's about personality skills and it could actually help you build your network. So that's my number one recommendation for that. Um, and if I go back a little bit my number one recommendation for thinking about goals uh, and like designing your life or whatever is um, Wishcraft by Barbara Sher. And that book came out, I don't know, like 20 something years ago. And it didn't get nearly the same attention that a lot of books did later, but she actually kind of pioneered much of that movement. So Wishcraft by Barbara Sher.
0: Give us a glimpse of your morning routine.
1: Uh, I like to get up early whenever possible. Um, It's a little bit harder when I'm on book tour, but in an ideal world, I'm up, you know, 536 and, um, try to get to get get to work like right away basically i do my best work in the morning so i try to you know keep a lot of my schedule to myself in my morning so i can do like a few hours of focus work and then at a certain point my day tends to get taken over with other stuff so i try to uh, reserve those hours for myself as much as possible
0: what is your go-to pump up song
1: i got a lot of pump up songs man it's it's wide ranging you know once again um could be like you know i listen to a lot of like ambient music when i'm working um, cause words can be distracting if I'm writing or something, but I go, pump up stuff could be like, I don't know, latest pop songs, um, could be Taylor Swift, like to be, you know, transparent with you, uh, could be Eminem, you know, could no, be there's no yourself. shame in that could, these
0: days, Chris. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know could
1: be, um, you know, some early, early hip hop stuff or it could be like Megadeth or Metallica, you know, like I, I got a bunch of, a bunch of different stuff going on. What are you not very good at? <laughs> Um, you know, Travis, we don't have that long for this uh, conversation, so (laughs) (laughs) it's a short call. But the list of things I'm not good at is far, far longer than the list. I I feel like I have found like three things I'm good at in my life. And those are the only three things I do (laughs) because I was a high school dropout. I never learned math or algebra, you know, despite many attempts, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't fix anything. I'm not mechanical. Like I, I say that um, I used to be able to screw in light bulbs, and that was like the extent of, of what I could <laughs> you do. Used to be but able then, to, yeah. No, but then light bulbs started getting complicated, <laughs> and like now it's like you got know, all these like weird like connections and fuses, and and I just I just I just can't. So nothing mechanical. <laughs> no more.
0: No more. I'll pay somebody. No math. Somebody... No mechanics. No no all kinds of stuff. <laughs> all right, let's get everything wrapped up here, Chris. What is one place where we'll be able to find you the most?
1: Um, Well, the podcast is Side Hustle School. You can find that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, or it's at uh, SideHustleSchool.com. Or you might see me in an airline lounge uh, somewhere around the world because I'm always traveling.
0: SideHustleSchool.com. Go check out Chris's podcast. It's fantastic. I listen on a regular basis. Chris, thanks so much for coming to the show, man. had a lot of fun. Hey, thanks, Travis. Appreciate it. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit bynmedia fb to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's BYN.media/forward/fb. Remember, you're only one connection away.